Hey there, guys and gals, Hepcats, Cool Kittens, friends and foes. Welcome back to the Saturday morning edition, our interactive live stream, Back of the Cereal Box. I am your host, the prophet of pop culture, John Pica, but you can call me Johnny. And on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about WandaVision. We're going to be talking about UFOs being declassified. And we're going to be joined by special guest, Michael Kent. And we're going to do that right now. All right, guys and gals, welcome back to Back of the Cereal Box. We've already got a few viewers, and uh, let's welcome our regular co-hosts, the Gamer Girl, Aubrey Brewer, and you can check her out on Twitch at AubreyX1. Aubrey, how you doing this morning? I'm good. My mouth was full. <laughs> That's awesome. That's excellent. Uh, DBRT is running late. She got... Uh, Locked up on her end. Uh, it must be all of the massive snow here in Middle Tennessee. And um, I find it hilarious that uh, that people think it's actually snowed here. Because it's not... I'm going to try to post a picture here in a minute. Because our special guest this morning is going to find it rather humorous what Middle Tennesseans think snow really is because joining us all the way from columbus ohio part of the frozen tundra of the north one of my oldest friends in magic he's wild he's zany he's a smart ass you've seen him on america's got not america's got uh pen and tellers fool us please welcome michael kent what's up buddy good to see you you know it's good to see you too our our showing of snow this morning is no worse than anywhere at one else, but it's still beautiful to look out and see the grass as like just white. There's something about that. I'm not ready to give up the, the Christmas season yet. We've still got the tree up. I look outside and there's snow on the ground and I'm calling it snow. I don't care what, what anyone else. Well, said. okay. I see Michael. it on the roof uh, out my window across the street. Yeah. yeah no, Michael, I'm going to post this picture right now. Um, so that you could see what people in Middle Tennessee consider snow. This is out my window at the studio right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's a little bit less than what we have. Yeah. 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 Th this is this is school closing time. This is <laughs> cancel our trips across town snowfall. I don't think they're going to cancel school anymore after the pandemic. Do you? Isn't that I, okay? I, I don't know. Hey, we got D Barty back. D, we are getting some horrible noise on your channel. Oh. Uh, yeah, and still no sound, baby. It's just all staticky. Keep working on that. We'll come back to you. How about now? Oh, that's perfect. Whatever you cool. did, that worked. Um, so, Michael, this is D Barty. This is Michael Kent. And Hi. we were just. We were just making fun of your snowfall woes. Hey. Because this is what we have in Middle Tennessee. That's up there. I'm further south than you, homie. 
I got a bunch. Yeah, further south means less snow. Okay, I'm There's further no west snow. than you. Listen, you've never seen snow. Until you've lived in in middle to northern Ohio, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm from Akron, Michael's yeah. from Columbus, you, you, you Tennesseans have never seen snow. And that's nothing compared to the folks that are up in like northern Minnesota and Maine. Yeah, I've been, I've been up there during the winter before. Like twice. <laughs> oh my god! They but that you know what they know how to deal with it up there. In Ohio, every year when it snows, people flip out because they've forgotten what it was like. But uh, in Maine, it's well, like it's gone the next day because they have the machinery and the and the know how. Well, in in. Uh... They, they, we shouldn't flip out in northeastern Ohio because it was only like three months ago that we had snow. Yeah, oh, but they forget. It doesn't matter. Yeah. One yeah, week goes by without snow, and they're like, it's summer. We're, we're going <laughs> to wear flip-flops. Well, um, before we get into the show, we got to do some housekeeping. First of all, those of you who are watching, um, post a comment, and we will address it during the show. We've already got uh, Scott Schuler who says, Michael Kent! What's and, up, Scotty? And Willow Schuyler says, you folks want to see real snow come to Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we agree. Um, I've I've been up to Canada, um, and uh, yes, I agree. But um, so that's how the show works. You guys get to interact with us, post comments, and we start every show uh, with a big bowl of breakfast cereal. And I've got... Cookie crisp. I've not had this in ages, but um, I saw the new mascot, Chip the Wolf, and I had to have it. I had to, what? I had to break it out. Yeah, yeah. You remember the mascot used to be the cop and the yeah. yeah, yeah. But they they changed it. I like this actually a lot better because he is in sync with their other mascots. You know the uh, Trix Rabbit and uh, Cuckoo. Cuckoo Bird from uh, Cocoa Crisps. Now, Michael, you are younger than I, but not quite as young as Aubrey. I turned so, 42 on Tuesday. Thursday. Oh on Thursday. That is, that is so hard to believe. Because you don't I look think, 42. Thank you. I think when you and I first started chatting online, you were like right out of high school. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah. I was just out of college. You were just out of high school. Um, what a weird, weird thing time can be. Um, but, uh, you know, when we were kids, Michael, we didn't have iPads and iPhones at the breakfast table. Right. We had the back of the cereal box. Yeah. And if you guys love playing these old cereal box games, D-Bar-T, you got to go get some cookie crisp for your family, for your kids, because they got this great little like <laughs> video arcade complete your arcade game and um it says start with any cookie and help chip grab every one of those delicious chocolate chips without retracing your path so this is basically pac-man up can't go there yeah i so yeah that's that's gonna be a fun game to play so um I've not had Cookie Crisp in years, so it's time to uh, to pour the milk. Aubrey, what are you chowing down on? Uh, just the typical, um, what do you call? 
my weird selection of or weird mix of uh, multigrain Cheerios and uh, grape nuts. <laughs> is that a, is that an Aubrey concoction? Is that something that you made up? My brother made it up when I was little, and uh, it was like, and it was like the perfect blend of semi-sweet and not sweet. I have to try that. Yeah, great nuts, girl. And D, and D won't eat cereal. She refuses to play along with the game because she doesn't like it. And I just realized that uh, the sun is shining through my blinds and um, casting shadows. So give me just a moment. I'm going to fix that. One moment. I didn't bring cereal either. Uh, but I, I did look for cereal. Uh, but I'm pretty much, I stick to the same two or three cereals. So generally, I'm a Cap'n Crunch guy and have been since I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, I don't eat it with milk. I'm just dry Cap'n Crunch. Most of my cereals I enjoy dry. But uh, I don't. I didn't want to eat on camera. I didn't. I didn't really think <laughs> you were going to do that. But also, uh, I'm. I don't have any right now. I haven't been to the store in forever. But let me tell you what I do with Captain Crunch, John. All right. I want to hear it. Fry some bacon crispy, like a good dark fry of bacon. Okay, crunchy okay. burnt bacon, not burned, but you know, close to it. Let it cool just a little bit. And then pour a dry bowl of Cap'n Crunch, no milk, and then crumble the bacon into the Cap'n Crunch. You get the salty bacon with the sweet of the corn. It is a fantastic. I've been doing it since I was a little kid. I don't know why I started doing it, but I still do it today. I, I It's my favorite. That actually sounds good. It's so good. Dee, maybe that would make you a, a breakfast cereal fan. I don't eat breakfast. I don't eat breakfast either. Generally, like I, it has I to be, breakfast. has to be the weekend. Has to be maybe a holiday. I'll eat breakfast. Yeah, well, right. It, Me too. It's Saturday, and yeah. you know, the whole point of this show, D Barty, is wouldn't it be cool if we could get a bunch of our best friends together, sit down with a big bowl of breakfast cereal, watch cartoons, and talk about cool geek pop culture stuff that we love. Well, we're not watching cartoons either, so you know, it's okay. We're oh. cartoons. <laughs> you don't have the rights to play <laughs> cartoons on the show. I do have a thing. You brought up cartoons, and I don't know if you realize this or not, but Hasbro's YouTube channel has uploaded all of the original G.I. Joes that we watched when we were kids. Oh, that's you, funny. Not, maybe not all of them, but many of many episodes, and they hold up, I think. I, I have watched many episodes of the original mm -hmm. G.I. Joe cartoons on, on their YouTube channel. That is fantastic. I, I will have to check that out. And MeTV, which is an antenna TV company, they are running Saturday morning cartoons right now, uh, live on air. They, they've started doing that again. Okay, I got to give a review of Cookie Crisp. This is not very good. <laughs> <laughs> this does not taste like chocolate chip cookies. This tastes like those, um, like, it, it tastes like uh, sawdust or cardboard. <laughs> Mm. And you wonder why I don't eat cereal. <laughs> mm. Mm, sawdust tastes great. We've had some great cereals on this show. And and, and the the Mandalorian Star Wars cereal was epic, but you you won't take my word for it. Whenever have you had the Chips Ahoy minis? 
mm-hmm. the little bag of Chips Ahoy, that mm-hmm. always reminds me of Cookie Crisp because of the size. It's not the same flavor, not the same density of cookie, yeah. but but that always every time I eat those, I remember Cookie Crisp. That would be actually a better breakfast cereal. The the <laughs> Just cookies the, in a bowl. Than, yeah, than than this. Um, and and the chocolate. This is not chocolate chips. This is like <laughs> I I don't know what this chemical is, but I'm going to continue eating it because what it's what we do here. Yeah, you're you not a quitter. What I, what I think of when I think of Cookie Crisp is hmm. I did a milk bath shoot photo shoot with a little baby, and I gave him a giant cookie. And I poured cookie crisp all around him and took pictures. <laughs> so that's weird. what I think of. Oh, it was so cute. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, so Michael, I did a quick intro of you, but tell our guests who you are, what you do, and how you got wrangled into being with us this early on a Saturday morning. Well, first, I'm going to start with your last question first. I have no idea why I'm up at 9 a.m. on a Saturday morning talking to you guys, oh, uh, but I'm having <laughs> I'm having fun so far. Um, so I'm a comedian and a magician by trade. That's what I do. That's what I've done for the last 16 years of my life. Uh, I've toured 47 states and 15 countries doing that. Um, I'm primarily perform in colleges. This is pre-pandemic that I'm describing now, um, and and spent as many as. 200 250 days a year on the road back in in the the height of the college touring uh post pandemic i'm still a magician but i do it from here in my basement so i built this studio give you a shot of the studio this is the this is the the studio here in my home and i do several shows a week probably here um doing virtual magic from this chair and i also do a live stream show once a week every Tuesday night called Joke Story Trick. And then I do, it's kind of like a talk show. And then I do a podcast every week called Tell Me What to Google. But my primary income is performing magic shows. That's what I do. And so that's kind of how I know, John, that's how we met at Magi Fest in Columbus, Ohio, I believe. Um, Did we meet prior to that? I can't hear you. Oh, no more sound. I can't hear you, John. You're gone. Lost your mic. Oh, there we go. I muted it because I was uh, crunching on. Oh. <laughs> um, no, you and I had actually been chatting online for several years. Prior um, to Magi Fest. Yeah, prior to meeting in person at Magi Fest. Um, you were one of the first young magicians that I ever um, kind of consulted with. And um, I think your show DVD that or your show that you sent me wasn't on DVD. It was on VHS tape. Oh, my God. That's how long ago that was. I probably have that around here somewhere. I probably have a copy of, of those. When I first started performing in colleges, demos were VHS tapes. Yeah. There was like the last year, maybe the last two years mm-hmm. of VHS. And you would hand someone. A v- and a big part of that was designing the the box. That was like a big part of promo was designing the box that your VHS cassette came in. And so I bought these like nice plastic pl- like you know deluxe boxes for my vhs tape and now i gotta i'm gonna have to digitize that old demo because i bet it's horrible i bet it's just awful well i thought it was good um but you're still doing a lot of the material oh the, probably the, yeah yeah the chicken egg trick and the chicken um, egg trick i've been doing since the beginning and it's 
it's a good example of like taking one thing and making it a life's work of like re refining it. Uh, I do it in my virtual show and the chicken you can see here in the egg, but the chicken I don't even use in the virtual show. I just have it there to provide context for the egg because uh, most you can't, I can't do it's It's a completely different trick for the virtual show. Sure. It ends up just being a, a bill to egg routine. Uh, but yeah, it's changed so many times. And I've done a few lectures about that trick and why all of the changes were made and how they were made and what and when they were made. And, and it's, it becomes a, an interesting study in like the evolution of, of work and how, you know, over years I look at, I look at it as, um, it's like a problem solving thing. Okay. So like I, I felt that, you know, this part of the routine lacked energy. So I changed that or this part of the routine wasn't convincing. So I changed that. And it's always changing. I've got it to the point now where other than converting the chicken trick for a virtual show, I don't think I, it might be. I hate to say this. It might be done. It might be in its final form on stage now. The only thing that I'd like to do, is it's a nine minute routine. And I would love for it to come in around six. That's the only thing. But I just it's a, that's a tough that's a tough ask. Now, um. Speaking of making a trick, a life's work, I have maybe two, maybe three. My dancing cane stuff I became very known for. But um, my wolf trap routine, which for non-magicians out there, you won't understand anything I'm talking about, <laughs> is my version of the tossed out deck. And I think my work on it has taken the tossed out deck to a whole different level. But I... but. But you know what? I, I submitted it to Penn and Teller's Fool Us, and you know they don't like me, so I didn't get on. But you're on. Is a weird, Fool Us is a weird bird because anything, if you're holding a deck of cards in your demo video, automatically it's going to be put on the bottom of the pile. And the reason is probably 60% of the videos they get are card tricks. Even if you have the most original card trick that where the cards are a tiny portion of it, you might be using a deck of cards to choose someone to use for a dice trick, <laughs> whatever. But like, right. you know, if it, if you, if they see cards, I think they're immediately turned off. That's one thing. Uh, I actually got on the show with the chicken trick. The problem with the chicken trick is it's what we call an impossible location routine where mm -hmm. you borrow something destroy it and it ends up in an impossible location in my routine it ends up in the butt of uh, raw chicken uh but that is another thing on their list of stuff that they just get too much of and it's not it doesn't say anything about how good or bad the trick is it's just, they just get too much of it and so it's all, almost like an immediately you're immediately disqualified with those types of routines it takes something really unusual or different to make a card trick or a um or or a an impossible location <laughs> work for them aubrey is that a is that a logitech uh yeah yeah my logitech does the exact same thing <laughs> it'll lose focus and i have to do this it's usually really good about it and i thought well at the time i read reviews and i was trying to look for it you know that that issue I, not 
I don't know. I did the same thing. Yeah, everyone's like, get the C920 Logitech, and I got it, and it 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 loses focus. So. Yeah, I think it's the C920 or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that is that's hilarious, and that's epic, Michael. About uh, Penn and Teller's fool us. But I didn't do the chicken trick on the show. No, that, that's what they asked me to come on the show, and then two weeks beforehand, they asked me to do a trick that they had seen me do on YouTube. That's a a trick from the 1950s mm -hmm. uh, that they liked better, and. I'm really happy they did because it's a three minute routine that makes for better television than the chicken trick. The chicken trick is a better magic trick. It's and more I'll entertaining. It's got more laughs and it's better magic. But the three minute multiplying bottle trick is better visually in three minutes. So it makes better TV. And, and Penn Gillette, when he said to you that there are magicians who have worked on this for their entire career and can't do it with the speed and the the uh, finesse that you did was absolutely 100% true. Thanks, man. It's I, I I'm that means a lot to me. I have put a ton of work into studying this this routine from the 1950s. And that includes writing my own routines that were original for those props. Yes. And none of them, none of them got the audience impact that the original routine did by the man who made it famous. Uh, in England. And I've, I've studied, I've got every manuscript he ever wrote on it. And I've studied it with uh, the person who turned me on to that was Denny Haney, the, the late, great Denny Haney in, in his uh, shop in outside of Baltimore. And I studied him doing it. He gave me pointers, told me what to do, what not to do. And so I have really strong opinions about, about that trick. So I was happy to do it because it's almost a religion for me. You know, like this is right and this is wrong when you do this one particular magic trick. And for those of you who haven't seen it, the premise is that there's a martini bottle and a glass that switch places. And throughout the routine, it becomes apparent that the magician is cheating by using an extra bottle. However, after revealing that, is still able to do the trick because there's an, another extra bottle. And then there's another extra bottle. And it ends up with a table full of bottles and... You can find amazing videos going back, like I said, to the 1950s. Tommy Cooper in England did it. Paul Daniels did it. The originator was Ken Brooke. Lance Burton has done it. Matt Franco did it. I can tell you how old the magician is or how old the viewer is and where they are based on their YouTube comment of who they say I'm ripping off. So if you go to YouTube and you look at the comments and they said, oh, Matt Franco did it better. It's a young American person. If they say, oh, he's no Tommy Cooper, it's someone probably my age or older in, in the UK and so on and so on. You know, there's there, because there have been so many magicians to do this, this classic routine. Even Peter Brady did it on the Brady Bunch. What? Yes. I haven't seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You'll have to go find that. So, Nino uh, West did it on, um, on, uh, the the drag show uh top drag uh, uh what's the drag show um rupaul Ru oh drag race yeah rupaul um nina west from here in columbus who is an amazing drag queen did it and i got probably five emails that night saying nina west is ripping off your thing i'm like first of all this isn't my thing and second of all if anyone can perform the heck out of a magic trick it's gonna be nina west or any drag queen, basically, because drag queens understand the relationship between a performer and the audience better than most magicians. Hmm. 
That's interesting stuff. That that's cool. Now, hey, before we go any further, we need to um, share a public service announcement about Fool's Chocolate. Stop. Look close. Wait. Look again. Don't be fooled because raisins can be anywhere. Vigilance is your only protection against the dreaded Fool's Chocolate. Did, did you check to see if that's why your cookie crisp sucks? No, it's just chemicals. <laughs> it's just chemicals. Now, this is the part of the show, guys. Um, Aubrey, D, do you guys have any cool loot or cool stuff you found or discovered this week? <laughs> so I have a story about that. So I did, and I had a pile, right? And then I went to the store without my children, and I come back, and my pile is gone, and I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> well, tell us what you found. What was in the pile? Well, I don't want to. I think I'm going to save it until I find it, and then I'm going to hide it. <laughs> Aubrey? And, yeah. I have one thing, though. Okay, I go ahead. Was, I thought this thing was pretty cool. Ooh. That is, what, ooh that's the name of my dog. I named my dog Dobby. <laughs> what, what is that? Cutout. Cardboard cutout of one of the ugliest characters. I mean, that that frightens me. <laughs> Do Dobby is not cool to me. The elf. So, look, I have... Okay, this is kind of lame, but I wanted to show you guys this. So, <laughs> look how realistic these things are. Look, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I think I had one of those. I, I had it was so cool. And then, like... So my kid is like totally obsessed with like sea creatures and stuff. And so look at this whale. And he's got it. I don't Are these just toys that the kids have scattered around your bedroom? No. Okay. I picked them up on the way in here. <laughs> off, off the living room floor. <laughs> it's hysterical. It's hysterical. Aubrey, did you find anything cool this week? No, unfortunately not. I, you, I you've been a working fool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But you're looking good in the Tony Stark glasses. Love it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I look like a bug eye right now because reflecting off my screen. Now, in the outline, I said that Michael's going to do a trick for us in just a minute. But before we do that, okay. I discovered Marvel Legends Frogman. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go... Uh, I'm going to do this real quick. Um, let's see here. So you guys can get a better view of this. If you had told me 20, 30 years ago that we were going to have an action figure of Frogman, the worst superhero ever made, I would have <laughs> said you were crazy. But Walmart had him, and I had to get him. He's actually one of my favorite characters. And um, I was blown away when I saw him. I was like, oh! <gasps> And he's already sold out. Already sold out. Um, and then Walgreens, I've been talking about Walgreens having this big clearance sale, and it continued this week, and I got the Superior Octopus Pop. Oh, cool. For $3.25. And uh, comic book fans know how cool this character is and uh, why I had to get it. So, uh, Michael... You know, I have an action figure I got to show you. Okay. 
I was in uh, Korea. I was in South Korea performing. This was 10 years ago. And I was there for a month performing for the military you know, on army bases. And at the same time, there was a group of professional wrestlers touring. I grew up watching WWF. I mean, that was my that was my stuff when I was a kid. But I didn't follow. I didn't follow into the WWE and all that. I, I didn't know. And all of these wrestlers, some of them were very famous. And one of the guys that I ended up befriending and hanging out with for the entire month was this guy, Eugene. Uh, his name is Nick Densmore. And Eugene, uh, awesome dude. Yeah. And I have his action figure. Eugene. So this I'm really proud of uh, <laughs> because it's cool to walk into a store and get an action figure of a dude that you've hung out with. So, um, and I had him on my show Joke Story Trick as well, not too long ago. And D Bar T, the, the alligator that you had, uh -huh. reminds me of something I saw yesterday. Because yesterday I went to the Columbus Zoo. It was a birthday gift from my wife that we did this, um, this tour. It's like a behind the scenes backstage tour thing. And That's one cool. of the things that they shared with us is this. This is a red-legged Sariama. And look at his little alligator. He's got he's got your alligator that you've got. Aww. And this is what this is what the thing does to kill its prey. It grabs it and then it slams it on the rock. <laughs> Watch it. It just, just slam. Isn't that awesome? The thing just grabs it and that's how he kills its prey. So they've they've taught this thing to do this for for you know people in the tour. So violent. But they haven't taught it. It's a natural behavior. It's just what it does. It's very violent. Uh the bird was super cool. I got to uh I got to feed a sloth and I got to pet an otter. And oh what a cool, what a cool day it was. Yeah, that's really so that's neat. that's one of my I like this. This is like adult show and tell. This is my stuff, John. Um, yeah. <laughs> so also this was two days ago um photography is a big thing of mine i'm gonna have to size this for the screen uh grabbed this photo nice isn't that amazing that is fantastic. Um, this was i'm i love eagles and just happened to catch that we were there looking at there's a snowy owl that's in a nearby park to us that's been living there for a month and while i was there taking pictures of the snowy owl there just happened to be a bald eagle in the tree. So I got lots of pictures of the bald eagle in flight and stuff. So thought I'd share that. That's cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. Pretty crazy, man. I, I love that type of thing. That's, you know, when, 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 uh, what is it? They call it serendipity. When it's like yeah. a happy coincidence. Didn't plan on seeing an eagle there. It just happened. And I had my, my good camera. So, all right, man, let's do magic. What do you want to see? Just something I'm, quick. Something quick. Uh, well, oh, this is something you know a little bit longer, but something quick that yeah. Uh, what you want to see? It's totally up to you, man. Cards, coins, um, Rubik's cube, ooh, knives. Cube. Rubik's cube. Yeah. So I was telling you about my brother and I playing. You know, we used to watch cartoons and stuff, but we had Rubik's. We grew up in the '80s, as most of you did. <laughs> And in the 80s, you couldn't solve a Rubik's Cube. So everyone I knew had a Rubik's Cube that just looked like this because there was no internet. You couldn't solve a Rubik's Cube. Like, math nerds could, but that's it. Put that there for now. But now there are websites you can literally go to 
and solve a Rubik's cube by just telling the website what you're looking at. You say, oh, well, there's a red square here and there's a yellow square here and all that. And here's something I also learned from the internet that I didn't know. If you type in, uh, you can type this in, how many permutations, that's the word they use for like results of a Rubik's cube. You could give one of these to everyone in the world, have a mix it up every day and give it back to you. And you wouldn't have two that are the same. It's an amazing feat to me. It's the actual number. It's like a four with 19 other numbers before behind it. It's a crazy, crazy. I don't know how to make everyone care about this, but listen, this <laughs> is this. Every time I do that, that's a new thing. That's never, ever happened before. So tell me when to stop. Uh, we'll, we'll use Aubrey. Just tell me when to stop. Now. Okay, perfect. I'll leave it right there. Uh, but we'll do one more turn. Front, back, left, right, top, or bottom? Uh, bottom. Bottom. How many times? Uh, five. Five. <laughs> Same as one. <laughs> I'll give you a minute on that one. <laughs> I, I, it's okay. Someone the other day was like four. I'm like, okay, I just won't do anything. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Same as one. But that's okay because without doing that, you could have said top. And without doing that, it would have been a different object. You could have said left. That would have been a different object. But this is what you're left with. You told me when to stop. You told me the final move. And I showed you that this one, this unsolved one earlier from my childhood, it was never solved. But I checked this out. This is the most amazing part. Look at these two cubes. Don't they look the same on this one side? It looks like the patterns are identical. In fact, on the second side, look at that. It looks like where the colors are, where they are on the side, they're identical. This third side, these two cubes look identical on the third side. The fourth side, the fifth side, the sixth side, these two cubes are 100% matching from what You're you my mind right wanted. Now. Isn't that insane? Yeah. It's crazy because this cube, here, watch the yellow. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so anyway, that's the quickest version I can do that. I can't do that Good any job. quicker than that. Look out, bird. <laughs> Slam it. Slam yeah. it, bird. Slam it. Epic. Come on. <laughs> oh, with the, what do they call that? A suplex? Uh, yeah, no, it's yeah a I'm about slam. to say it needs to be a wrestler. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. So we, uh, we, we need to, uh, acknowledge, uh, another new sponsor this week. Enter the wonderful world of amazing sea ninjas from Feigning Goat Games. And buy the Sea Samurai set. Also, Feigning Goat novelties for great aquatic drama. And also brought to you this week by Diet Coke. <laughs> All right, it took you guys longer than most, but you got it. That's the important thing. Actually, actually, we do we do need to acknowledge a, a real sponsor, author Cindy Kep. Author Cindy Kep is writing on the edge. Books include Remnant in the Stars, The Loudest Actions, Lines of Succession. Mindstorm. Condemned Courier. The Yerushalon series. And Animal Eye. 
find author Cindy Kep at C-K-O-E-P-P.com today. Thank you to Cindy Kep. She is one of our super fans. She supports us on Patreon. And uh, if you would like <clears throat> to support the show, oh, that's the wrong frame. Uh, how do I? I'm that? supportive of the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, if you would like to support the show, you can do so via PayPal at uh, johnpike at johnpike.com. That goes to helping us improve our broadcast quality. Uh, cameras, ring lights, uh, etc. And Dee got a brand new ring light, and that's why she is no longer in the dark. Not in the dark. Did you see it fall when I came on? Uh-uh. I'm like, I, I, <laughs> no. I was going ah! because it told my phone totally just fell. The light oh. fell. That's fantastic. <laughs> I, I missed that. I wish we had that on video. Maybe we do. <laughs> You do. <laughs> you just don't realize it. <laughs> we'll, we'll look for that on the replay. Now, uh, we got some news this week. Uh, Aubrey, this probably uh, either excited you or disappointed you. The news about the new Indiana Jones video game coming from Bethesda and Lucas Games. Oh, it excited me. Uh, the only problem is that Bethesda was recently acquired by Microsoft, so I might not get to play it, depending on if they decide to do exclusives or not. But um, you, you know what I, you know what I found funny? I, I read some articles about the release, and some fanboys um, said, "Oh, Indiana Jones is just a ripoff of Uncharted." <laughs> I saw uh, someone like t- uh, compare it to that, or at least like the older games. But this is supposed to be like a new Indiana Jones like story. Like no. I don't know if it's a new story or if it's going to like, but it's going to be different from the uh, other games that have come out. Well, but Uncharted is a ripoff of Indiana Jones. It was an Indiana Jones game that couldn't get the label of Indiana Jones. I'm kind of hoping it'll be like the new Tomb Raider, except maybe not killing people because that's kind of not what Indiana Jones does. But I liked the way Tomb Raider played. So now, now, Michael Kent, are you a video gamer? I'm not. I uh, I have been known to play video games, but I'm the kind of gamer that will put one game in. And play it to death, uh, almost meditatively, and not try to get. So I like sandbox games because, like, I don't care about the story. I'll play, like, the two that I would play would be Call of Duty or Grand Theft Auto, and I wouldn't play the game. I would literally just like mess around for four, six hours at a time. And so, video games are not good for me because I cannot, I cannot stop playing them once I start. So I do stream uh, playing a game on Twitch, but it's not a video game. It's GeoGuessr. I don't know if you've ever played GeoGuessr. <laughs> it's like it feels like traveling because what it is is a game. <laughs> it's a web based game that operates using Google Maps. It drops you in a place and you navigate throughout the map. These are real maps, real Google Maps in real life places. And it's a random location in the world. And as you do that, there's also a little inset of an actual map and you have to drop a pin where you think you are and you get points based on how close you are 
to where you actually are on the map. And you have to navigate using road signs as if you were there in real life and didn't know where you were. Uh, so yeah. it's it's a blast. And I do play that a lot. But it's not a video game, I don't think. It's, it's just See, a... Yeah. I, I think that sounds more like a nightmare. Um, I love it. <laughs> I, it feels like traveling. I love it. Well, I love to travel, but I don't like uh, having to figure out where I am or being lost. d are you a video gamer? No. I don't watch TV. <laughs> no. Speaking of TV, did I you... I might get... play Candy Crush every now and then. <laughs> That's about the extent. Speaking of TV, did you guys get to see the first two episodes of WandaVision last night? No, and I'm so upset because I really wanted to see it. But I'm going to watch it today. So. Aubrey, did you see it? Yeah. Yeah, I did. And what well, did you think? She doesn't sound thrilled. I wasn't that thrilled about the first episode. I didn't realize that at first that there was two episodes until way later. I watched the second episode, and the second episode was a lot better to me. So a lot of people are expecting WandaVision to be, you know, a superhero show, and it is about two of the Avengers, Scarlet Witch and Vision. But let me just this hold on. I gotta put this up there. Spoiler alert. The entire storyline is taking place in Wanda's head. And that's why, spoiler alert, you heard that voice cracking in from time to time. Wanda, are you okay? Who's doing this to you? Um, because she's obviously somewhere. Someone has gotten into her head and maybe is torturing her. Michael Kent, did you watch uh, WandaVision? No. I, 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 when you asked me on your show, I said, but John, I, I don't know anything about this, that, and this, that I know that you all talk about. And one of those things I can't get into comic based TV or movies. I don't know why I'm just not excited about them. Uh, I've seen a few oh, of the, you're out. You're out. What's, I, I told you. <laughs> I told you, I said, John, I don't know anything about these things. And you said, but you know, magic and that's cool. Yes. And, uh, but one of those things is like, yeah, I like, you know, I saw guardians, I saw Avengers, but I'm not going to see the, I'm not going to see the sequels to them. I'm not going to watch. I did watch the first episode of, uh, <laughs> see, I don't even know the names of the shows that I watched. That's how bad I am at this. Um, what about Spider-Man? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I've seen the movies. I'm just not uh I'm not a comic book guy. I mean, I'm not I don't I think that a large part of that, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think a large part of that is a nostalgic connection. Am I wrong? Am I wrong about that? Like uh, did you have to to be a super fan of like the Spider-Man TV and movies? Don't you have to associate with the comic books a little bit? Um I think that helps. But the, the fact of the matter is um, comic book fans do not generate over a billion dollars in ticket sales. You're right. The You're average, right. They've made a mass appeal of it. Yeah. The average comic book sells about 30,000 copies. Is that, that all? That, yeah. Like an average copy of, of The Amazing Spider-Man, about 35,000. A big hit book, like number one. Um is probably selling about eighty five thousand, huh? Um, and and the rest of them are are under you know fifteen ten thousand copies a month. 
um, it's a very, very small market. So, wow. um, yeah. And, and what's really funny about that is the movies do not create comic book fans. You would think with these huge movies that there would be a spike in comic book sales. Nope, it doesn't happen, um, which is interesting. interesting. Yeah. Uh, now, this is not a comic book movie, but a lot of people would uh, would love to uh, – who love superhero movies will love this movie. Did you guys do any homework on this? Mm-hmm. Loving Monsters? Oh, no, no, I didn't get to that. All right, go out, get this on Redbox. Michael Kent, go out, watch this movie. Okay. I This came out uh, in, the mid, in the summer. It was scheduled for a theatrical release. It did release to a few theaters, but for the most part went direct to digital download. It's on Redbox now and on streaming. Um, it, the story is about this, this young man that you see there, and it is a post-apocalyptic uh, society that has been, you know, society has been destroyed by these giant monsters that have been created by radioactive fallout from uh, a, a war. And people, 95% of the human population has been wiped out by these monsters. But Jessica Henwick, the girl in the front, is, uh, and I forget his character's name, but um, was was his girlfriend. But she's 85 miles away from him. And he has decided that living in a bunker with a bunch of strangers for the last seven years is not the way to live life. And he's going to hike 85 miles across open terrain filled with giant monsters wanting to kill him to see his girlfriend. And it sounds like a corny love story. It's actually a fantastic coming-of-age story. It is Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey, and it was one of the most original movies I've seen this year, and it goes in my top three movies of 2020, Hmm. uh, along with Soul and Tenet. So Mm. that is your assignment, kids. I like uh, dystopian, you know, post-apocalyptic stuff. That's I, that's, I, I do enjoy those types of movies. Now, we have a segment here brought to you by the Truth Department, because the truth is out there. Did you guys hear what was in the stimulus bill that was passed just before Christmas? (laughs) Marco Rubio got included in the stimulus bill a, a paragraph that mandates the Pentagon release all documents declassified about UFOs and alien life on planet Earth. I love it. And they have 180 days to comply. Now, there's a website out there that claims that they've already gotten the documents called theblackvault.com, but uh, the Pentagon has to reveal everything within the next 180 days. Do you think that the Pentagon was waiting for Donald Trump to get out of office before they say anything? Do you think that's a thing? I mean, I'm you know, obviously not trying to get political on your thing, but do you think that they tried to keep it from him just because they didn't, they thought that maybe it would turn into like a whole big, bigger deal and they want to minimize everything? No, I think that's why he created Space Command. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's it's yeah, maybe, maybe. And there was something that just came out on the news about some proof of contact um, from years ago, right? That's right. Yeah, um, there's been a, a consistent leak during 2020. Yeah. I, I guess they were thinking that, you know, pandemic year, everyone's talking about COVID-19. No one's going to notice that we're dropping these little Easter eggs about you know, alien encounters with the Air Force, because that's where it came from, is from the Air Force. I did see the, the um, I, they, I don't know if they were FLIR videos. There were videos from uh, what I believe F-16s. This, this, these were older videos that they released in, it, it was probably 2020, right? Was it yeah, 19 yeah. or 20? They released two videos of, um, yeah, of, of uh, contact. It was really interesting. And the pilots were obviously baffled during the yeah. during the flight. Yeah. Now, D. Barty, you live out in the woods. <laughs> do, you, do you ever look up in the sky at night and uh, see a strange phenomenon or yeah. hear strange things out in the trees? No, but I watch Skinwalker Ranch. I don't know if. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And so <laughs> sometimes I like imagine that like I hear stuff because of that show. It kind of freaks me out, but it's very interesting. So Skinwalker Ranch, uh, I'm convinced were owls. I am. I'm, am I thinking of the same one where they saw many sets of eyes? Was that Skinwalker, or am I thinking of a different uh, UFO no, story? No, that's a different one. Okay, that's a different okay. one. Skinwalker Ranch is the ranch that is. I can't remember where it is now, but they had like, oh, just several, several things for years where they had like um, the. Oh, that's the animal mutilations. Yes. Yes. The animal mutilation mutilations. And now they're having like, like people go into like certain places and they have like, they're exposed to radiation and they get like radiation burns just from looking over like this hole in the ground. Like it's crazy. But, but what, 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 what's your take, D, on UFOs? Real? Fake? I don't know. I don't you know. Look, here, okay, so here's, all right. I, I don't know. I really don't know. I, I have a hard time believing that there's all these planets out there and we're the only one that has life. Like, I, you know, I mean, that's kind of, kind of weird. But as far as, like, creepy aliens coming down to, like, try to take over Earth, that's a little far-fetched for me. Like, why would you try and live we, we, on our planet, take over our planet when you have your own? Hey, hey listen. And they're all much bigger. Well, that's true. And and it's it, listen, there's absolutely evidential proof that the Anunnaki mated with the reptilians and they live underground and are secretly controlling our federal government. Go ahead, Michael. Oh, I was gonna say the 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 alien story I was thinking of is known as the I just googled it real quick. It's the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter in Kentucky. Mm. So this is a really interesting Don't story. Go there. <laughs> this is yeah. good. It's right up the street from us. Kelly Hopkinsville. Yeah. Uh, the story is where this couple saw. Let me let me. I don't want to get this wrong. Five adults and seven children arrived at the Hopkinsville police station claiming that small alien creatures from a spaceship were attacking their farmhouse and they had been holding them off with gunfire for nearly four hours. 
Um, so they said they'd been shooting at 12 to 15 short, dark creatures who repeatedly popped up at the doorway or peered into the windows. And this is the one that I'm convinced were owls, uh, especially if you ever see a picture of what an owl looks like without its feathers. Or if you if mm. people lift up the feathers on an owl, they have long legs and they are creepy alien creatures. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With giant eyes, obviously. So, so so something must have caused the owls to completely molt their feathers. <laughs> Who knows? Or, you know, <laughs> or maybe there was a gas leak and these people were tripping. Who knows what was happening? Now, Michael, you're you're a little bit of a skeptic, aren't you? I mean, I'm not a little bit of a skeptic. I'm a very intense skeptic to the point of being a cynic. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of a skeptic myself. Just I, I don't know. I just think it's a little far fetched. But Yeah, I would say that I am I'm in the category of I want to believe. Right, right. You know, especially considering uh ghosts. I want to believe in ghosts. Desperately. <laughs> Are you a skeptic of that too? Incredibly. Uh yeah. that said, every time I visit, like if I'm on tour and I visit a town that has any sort of history. Uh, I will do the ghost tours. And, and and so I've been on these ghost tours in towns everywhere, and I've never seen anything with the exception of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Well, Gettysburg, I had my first paranormal encounter in Gettysburg when I was in uh, college. Uh, I was an extra in the movie Gettysburg. Oh, were you? Uh, yeah, and we, we filmed on the battlefield, and mm -hmm. wild stuff happened. But, you know, I do those ghost tours in Nashville, Michael, and since I've been doing those ghost tours, I because I was kind of on the fence. I was like, I don't know. Um, but since I've been doing those ghost tours now for two years, I've been touched, pushed, grabbed, and scratched. And not by desperate women looking for a date. <laughs> um, some, I, I mean, I, I came away from a tour one night with, with a, a scratch down my arm and then two others on this side. And it was in the same location that a bartender had reported having three scratches across his arm. Um, it's it's weird. What's I don't know what it is, but there's something definitely to these stories because I've experienced them myself. See, next we got to get you down to Nashville. And I haven't and done Nashville yeah. yet. Yeah, I haven't done the, any of the ghost tours in Nashville, but I've done, you know, I've done Boston, Savannah, Charleston, Gettysburg. What's yeah. that? I said you got to hook up if you yeah. ever want to. Yeah. Know. yeah. Yeah. Now, Aubrey, what are you a skeptic? Are you a believer? What's what's your deal on this whole thing? I'm a believer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You've seen some stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, growing up, I've definitely seen and heard stuff around the house that's unexplainable. <clears throat> or yeah, there's there's quite a few things like I don't know the TVs would shut uh turn on and off on their own and that's a that's a very common phenomenon well they're old they were old tvs too so i mean i don't know maybe there was something weird with them but it uh one of the tvs would turn on at five o'clock in the morning on channel uh news channel five and it would be full blast and it would be on wednesday mornings that's that's very odd yes well, while we're talking about strange phenomenon, my company is Nightly Spirits, and uh, we are in Denver, Washington, D.C., Charlotte, uh, Austin, Texas, Boston, Savannah, Georgia, and Nashville, Tennessee. Check us out at nightlyspirits.com. 
we were no, we were uh, named by USA Today's Reader's Poll as the number one ghost tour company in the country. And um, we've got a uh, comment here from Joe McKeel, who is a paranormal investigator, and he is a skeptical believer. He has said, <laughs> he has said on his uh, other show, he hosted another show called Stupid O'Clock, and he has said that he wants to believe, but he's not been shown proof to make him believe. So, yeah, I think that's probably how I, I wouldn't call myself a believer by any sense of, of the, I, I'm a, I'm a want to believer. I'm a skeptical want to believer. I would love to have to be proven wrong. But as of right now, even though I have seen phenomenon that I cannot explain in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, I would say that I still do not believe that ghosts exist. Um, but a lot of that, I think, also comes to whatever your theological beliefs are. And, uh, you know, as a as a, an atheist, I'm, a, I'm an atheist Buddhist. I that's part of my belief system, I guess, um, or lack of belief system, whatever you want to call it. So, you know, that could have something to do with it. I would love to see a ghost. I would love for next time I'm on one of these tours for something to happen. That's a story that I tell for the rest of my life. I would love for that to happen. And well, I, I've also claimed in the past, I think I have seen the Lincoln ghost train, but I don't believe in ghosts. I think I saw something that convinced me that it shouldn't have been there. And I'm from the town where there are frequent sightings of the Lincoln ghost train. Interesting. All right. Well, next next time, uh, if you ever feel like coming down to Nashville, I'll take you I to will. our haunted spots and and see what what you think. Yep. Um, speaking of you know being uh, cooped up during the pandemic, and uh, Michael, I'm, I'm sure you've seen a lot of magicians offering online magic courses. I have decided to offer an online ventriloquism course. You can be a ventriloquist. <laughs> In only one day, it's never been easier. It's only forty nine ninety five with complete instructions, but dummies oh. are not included. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I love it. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, hey, if I were, if I was a, a, a ventriloquist doing virtual shows, I would just like I would do this right, and then I would freeze this half of the frame, so you would just be like. <laughs> And it would just be frozen while while I'm doing the puppet. With I would just freeze half of the screen. That's how I would do it. And then I get super famous, and people would want to see me live, and I'd be effed. <laughs> um, you just wear your mask. <laughs> yeah. hey, before before we uh, run out of time, I want to acknowledge some friends at the uh, HWWS Web TV show. Um, they are a network, and they uh, gave us a big shout-out this morning and told people to tune in and uh, really appreciate their work. They've got some great shows on their network, and uh, who knows? We might become one of them. You never can tell. But uh, thank you guys for the shout-out this morning. We really, really appreciate it. And, uh, Michael, before we leave, I wanted you to talk about how cool magicians really are. How cool magicians really are. Because we know that magicians are getting all the chicks and they're, uh, you know, they are, they are, you know, the shiznit in the social circles. So when I was a kid, I, I learned magic in order to make friends. And then I did magic in college to, to try to meet girls. 
And it didn't work because you can't go up to someone and say, hey, you want to see a card trick? Like, it's not it's not sexy. But what <laughs> I learned was that if you if your friends know that you're a magician, which my friends, you know, I'm still I still to this day have college friends who have me in their phone as Magic Mike. Uh, because that's just who I was. And that's before those movies, I will say, before the movies, I was the first, I was, well, I'm sure there were other magic mics. In any case, uh, so they would know to go up to a girl and say, hey, go, go name any playing card in the deck to my buddy. And I bet you that's the one that he has in his wallet. And so they would set it up. And so then people would come up and say, four of diamonds. And then I pull out my wallet and pull out a four of diamonds. And that that would start the conversation. But you have to do it that way. Uh, my first date with my wife, I tried to show her magic. And this is true. She looked at me. I, I remember we were sitting in the parking lot of the of the show we were going to in the car. And I was trying to show her magic. And she looked at me and she goes, I know what you're doing. And it's not going to work on me. <laughs> not talking about the magic. Talking about the fact that I was trying to impress like, her impress her with with something that wasn't me it was like this fake charisma magic bs that i had you know so i instantly loved that and you know we've been married for 14 years uh coming up 14 years and she still she's not into magic and i swear that has probably saved our marriage the fact that she's not into magic because when i'm home i don't do magic for her i don't talk about magic i do but i try not to and uh, so ma the answer to your question, John, is there are very few ma few magicians that are actually as cool as they think they are. <laughs> well, you're one of them. Thank you, sir. Thank because you. Because you don't think you're cool at all. <laughs> no, I'm. I my entire career is based on the fact that I think I'm cool, <laughs> but also you know me learning that I'm not. Uh, I listen. <laughs> I spent most of the day yesterday birding. How I'm not cool. I was in the marching band in college. Okay. I like building model airplanes. This isn't, these aren't cool. I just confessed to you that I spend hours at a time playing a game that is Google Maps. Okay. These aren't cool things. <laughs> just because I learned how to solve a Rubik's Cube doesn't mean I'm cool. Um, and that Rubik's Cube trick was pretty quick. You're pretty cool. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Pretty epic. Um, but can you uh, show us one other thing uh, as we, uh, absolutely, as we our audience? Well, a lot of people um, talk about misdirection, and misdirection is really difficult when you're uh, when you're doing uh, magic on a screen. Because look, I've got this box to work within. I can't make you look over there. I can't do it because you're going to look here. So what I do is I zoom in like this, and you can see that the pandemic's giving me a little bit of a double chin. Can you see that? And when people look there, they miss the coin. And that's basically, you know, how, how I get people to look away is you have to use what you have here. And I have this screen um, and, and, and the one coin. So I'm going to hold that here. And then that catches the light in the studio here. And if it catches the light, you look there and you don't see this one. See that, that they're, they're the two coins and just the two coins. And now if I hold them both, they catch the light and you miss the third coin. Uh, so now that we've got all three coins, I'll show you how I make them disappear using misdirection. To do this, what I have to do is separate the coins. See, I have to put two in one hand and one in the other. And if you look at these two, you can't look at this one because you're looking here. And you can't look at both places at the same time. And that one vanishes. We'll do that again with the, the last coin we'll put here. Uh, and so if you look here, you can't look here. That's basically how it works. The final coin's difficult because for the final coin, what I have to do is get you to look at my microphone. And when you look at the microphone, you can't look here. And that's how we get rid of, of all the coins. So there you go. Wow. 
That was fantastic. Thank you, sir. That was epic. And um, what I love about that is I knew exactly how you were doing it, but I could never do it in a million years. Oh, yes, you could. I love that. You I absolutely that. could. And I never did it before the pandemic because this is a, a trick that is made for a camera. You know, this look, you can do that live. That's a trick that you can do live, but not me. That's not the type of thing I would ever do live. Yeah, it, it was fantastic. Great on camera. Thank you. Yeah, it was great. All right, ladies, before we say good night or good morning. Good night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that time. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I think Aubrey actually fell asleep during the show. I'm not. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying not to. But uh, before we say goodbye, we got one more sponsor that we need to acknowledge. Um, and that is the League of Impossibilists webcomic. The Further Adventures of the League of Impossibles. League of Impossibilists. Check him out at patreon.com slash impossibilists. Hard to believe an hour has already gone by. We have covered a lot. Michael, you got something to say? You look like you're bursting at the seams. Uh, yeah, no, I was just gonna um, say, tell people to go and listen to my podcast at some point in their lives. It's called Tell Me What to Google with Michael Kent. And every week, someone tells me something they learned from the internet that they didn't know before. And I do a deep dive. Also, joke story trick. Uh, is a show where I tell a joke, I bring on a celebrity guest to tell a story, and then I do a trick. And it's every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. And it's pretty epic. It's Thank you. Um, and they can find you at michaelkent.com. Michael Kent Live. Okay. And uh, let's see, you're, you're on all of the social media channels. You got it. So. It's just my name. If you just Google Michael Kent, that's the easiest way to find me. At Oops. At, I'm like a weatherman. I don't know where the hell it's raining. Uh, at, at Michael Kent right here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's pretty it's awesome. Not snow. It's not snow if the grass is green, John. <laughs> D. It's not at my house. It's completely covered. You can't see the grass. No, no, you haven't gone out yet. It looks covered. It's just, it's what they call a dusting. It looks pretty, but there's no substance. He likes it's to ruin safe. your fun. It's yeah, safe to drive. No, 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 I want her to go on the road trip today. It's safe for you to get in your car and drive. I now promise. That I, believe. I believe that. Yeah. I believe so, that. so come on the trip with us. Uh, Aubrey is not going to make it today. She got called into work, but find her on Twitch where she does live stream games. Uh, Aubrey X1. Or is it times one, Aubrey? 
I kind of just had to add an X in there because Aubrey one was already taken and that's usually what my name is on everything. Um, but yeah, just whatever you want to consider it. What are you going to be streaming this week? Anything in particular? I was thinking about Assassin's Creed Odyssey because I really need to work on that one. Uh, but I'm not really sure yet. Uh, uh, just depends on what my mood is. I I'm probably going to stream later. I'm going to try to. So Joe McKeel has a question for you, Michael. I want to know how he did that camera trick, LOL. The camera and, trick? Yeah, with the, with the coins. That is the, oh. uh, <laughs> that is the thing, though, right? Is that good magic looks like a special effect. Yeah, and it's it, been difficult with virtual magic to, to make the stuff not look like a special effect because they're not here. Yeah, yep, yep. That's awesome. So um, follow Michael, follow Aubrey. And uh, make sure if you like this show that you click subscribe and post a comment on YouTube. Uh, so, uh, you know, like the uh, page on Facebook at Serial Box Podcast. Last week's episode, ladies, were, is now over um, two thousand views. Um, the previous episode was over three three and a half thousand views. So uh, we're uh, we're um... oh, he wants to know. Not the coins, Michael, but the zoom in on your screen. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of stuff. But uh, here, I'll give you a view of what I'm doing here. So this is my camera switcher. That's an A10 Mini. And I can use that to switch between different cameras that I have here in the studio. Uh, and then in terms of an actual zoom, uh, that's done in OBS. This is uh, just a, a zoom that I have set up inside OBS. So I can... If I need to do magic up close, I can do that or far away or, you know, do all that stuff. Yeah, I've had, you know, it's a one man show here. So I just like John is is doing all the controls on 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 StreamYard here. I you have to do it all yourself during the show. So, Joe, that is not a StreamYard function yet, but StreamYard um, is a lot easier to use than OBS. Um, and um, it's a great, uh, great platform for uh you know, streaming shows. And uh, I'm sure that will be an enhancement coming soon, yeah. Joe. Streaming um, great. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at Serial Box Podcast. And uh, we're also on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify with uh, very specific content just for those platforms. So make sure you listen. And uh, DBRT last night, I uh, dropped a new video from The Vault, our epic Monopoly game review that we did BC before COVID. And um, uh, before I lost 30 pounds due to COVID, and um, it shows. Um, <laughs> but uh, before yeah. my last baby. <laughs> yeah. But you can uh, watch that and. Um, uh, enjoy that on YouTube. That just dropped last night. And uh, we do game reviews and other comic reviews and stuff throughout the week. So uh, we, you can catch us on Saturday and then get new content all throughout the week at Back of the Cereal Box on YouTube. Well, ladies, you got any last comments before we uh, say goodbye? No. Nope. Will, will I see you in two hours, D? I don't know. I'll think about it. Oh. All right. All right. <laughs> you can sleep on the way up there. It's a 45-minute drive. You can get a nap. 
Yeah, but it's like an hour to your Listen, house. no, I know, but listen, my daughter's going and and I really need you to come along so that there's a normal person in the car with her. <laughs> Me normal? <laughs> yeah, well, just wait until you meet Blake and Crystal. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. I love you guys, Blake and Crystal. Uh, Michael, any last words before we let you go? Uh, no, man. Just thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. This was fun. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. You were a blast. And uh, we'll have to have you back sometime soon. Sure. Uh, for everyone watching, continue to post comments. We will uh, respond to them uh, throughout the uh, coming days and weeks. And um, if you like the show, tell two, 300 of your closest friends and family to come join the fun. And until the next time, we love you, mean it. We'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.